The Adam Crowley Show. I'm with you, and you know what? That'd be an even better point than your cheese teeth today. And that's saying something, because your cheese teasers are unbelievable. Thank and you, sir. my favorite thing on Twitter. Adam Crowley. Oh, yeah. Cheese. Yeah. On ESPN Pittsburgh. You found the Crowley Show, where your mom listens and you should, too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of Dozens. Follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. Shirtless Tom behind the glass. Check them out on Twitter, at FBomber73, at ButtonPusher970. Tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. We're also giving away stuff. We gave away Steelers tickets last week. We're giving away a four-pack, two four-packs, in fact, of tickets to see the Dead Daisies featuring members of White Snake, Bad English, Thin Lizzy, Journey, and Motley Crue, along with Guns N' Roses member Dizzy Reed. And there's going to be some very special guests for a night of 70s-style rock this Wednesday night, the 29th at Jurgles Rhythm Grill in Warrendale. We don't give things away boringly here on the Crowley Show. We don't tell you just to call up. Call up, fifth caller, you're going to get the tickets. No. You call up at 412-922-2874, and you give us your best impression of anybody. It could be an athlete, it could be an actor, anybody. You give us an impression, if it's entertaining enough, 412-922-2874. The best two impressions each win a four-pack of tickets to see the Dead Days. We're looking for something like this. This is our intern from before, Jerome, and we can all imitate him. I'm pumped, man. How pumped? I'm ready to go. How pumped? You I'm ready tell to me go. Right now, right now. How pumped you are. Right now, let's go. You tell me. You tell her how pumped you are. All right, let's go right now, right here. Whoa, whoa. No, Jesus. No, no, you can't in the middle, whoa, whoa. In the middle yeah. of the prom. Let's go right now, right here. I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do this. Why does it always become Italian with you? Was that Italian? At the end. Was it? At the end. At the end. What happened there? Why does that always happen? I don't know. I'm Jerome. Hey, oh, oh, yo, hey, gabagool. That's me doing Tom doing Jerome. How's that for an impression? Leader in the clubhouse right now for wow. the Dead Daisies right there. Is Brian doing his impression of Tom doing his impression of Jerome? Yeah. Uh, I'm pissed. I'm pissed. I'm so pissed off, guys. Bada bing. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Your best impression, whatever you got, whatever you got. If your friends tell you you've got a good impression, give it to us at four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. And it doesn't even have to be anything like somebody, like a human. It can be an inanimate object. If you can do an impression of it, try it. I'm a chair right now. It's a good job, dude. You can get tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Right That's now, a- all you really have to do is call in and talk into the phone and say you're doing an impression. Yeah. And you have tickets, so. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm doing an impression of a caller doing an impression on the Crowley Show for tickets. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. I'll give it one more time. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tickets for Wednesday. Four pack. Dead daisies at Jurgles Rhythm Grill in Warrendale. I said in the last segment, Stefan Tuitt's going to transform the Steelers' defense. He's got a good opportunity to make the defense go from not great at the end of the year to very good this year, or at least passable to the point where the offense can carry the team to a championship. I've said this a bunch. I think the Steelers' sack stats last year were a little bit misleading. It was the most sacks in team history. It was the most sacks in the National Football League. But 
They had to create a lot of it via scheme. And they also got a lot of their numbers totaled up against the Browns and Houston. Both teams suck. Why I think that they can repeat the success, though, this year? Vince Williams and Mike Hilton are very good at timing up blitzes. They're going to be used in that regard this year, just like they were last year. And I don't see any reason why Vince Williams can't put up eight sacks again. I know you don't see it a lot from inside linebackers. I know he's not the greatest inside linebacker. He doesn't provide you what you need in terms of pass defense. He's not the best at stopping the run. He's not great sideline to sideline, but he's a really stanking good blitzer. And if he can blitz the way he did last year, and the way we've seen him blitz in training camp and in these preseason games, he's going to put those numbers up again. He's the best blitzer I've seen since Wolf. Wolf Blitzer. Mike Hilton, same thing. If he's in the slot, he can come off the edge. He's very good at timing up the snap count. That comes with film study. I think they're still going to get after the quarterback this year. Couple that in with what I think Stefan Tua can do. Bada boom, baby. You're looking at 45-plus sacks, I think, this year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Paul wants to try to win the Dead Daisies tickets here on the Crowley Show. He's got an impression. Tom, did he say who he's doing? He did not say he was doing. All that. right, Paul, who you doing, Paul? All right, this might be a little dated for you millennials, but uh, Pee Wee Herman. Never, never dated, Paul. Let's hear it. <laughs> I love that story. It needs some work, Paul, but you're the leader in the clubhouse right now. All right, appreciate the call. I mean, Paul should have come strong, like ha ha ha. I thought Paul was just going to be masturbating on the other side of the phone. Oh, no. Well, I'm sure he wasn't in a movie theater. Yeah. That's what I would do if I were doing my Pee Wee Herman impression. 412-922-2874. Paul, the leader in the clubhouse, for a four-pack of tickets to the Dead Daisies on Wednesday. Can I do an impression of Paul? You can't. You millennials won't get this. How's that? What kind of dude, no offense, Paul, <laughs> Is sitting around thinking, I want to go see the Dead Daisy show, and the best impression they can pull out is Pee Wee Herman. I mean, that is dated. That is dating yourself. There are so many. No, Pee Wee bigger... was good at dating himself. I don't remember! That's my Trump. <laughs> and Pee Wee. I haven't had to do an impression since 1975. Come on, Paul. Uh, I haven't had to do an impression since Monica. <laughs> spider monkey. Is that Bill Clinton out here? More like spider spunky. <laughs> oh, Billy boy. Hillary, I didn't see you there. Should we do famous people giving cheese teases? Oh, hey. Didn't see you there, Hillary. You didn't see that. <laughs> Coming up on the show, a big damn stain. 412-922-2874. Tom, do your best Crowley impression. Go. Oh, my God. I love West Virginia so much. Will Greer, he's awesome. Yeah, I'll get on my knees for Will Greer. That's not bad. You got one? Yeah, I got one. 
Oh my God, I'd love to make sweet love to Will Greer in the oh back God, yeah. of a big old Chevy truck, just oh God, hearing yeah, West well. Virginia Tahoe. going over. Take me home to Will Greer in the back of my pickup. Take me home, Will Greer in the butt. I think you nailed it. We did learn a little bit about the back end of the Steelers roster on Saturday. I like Ola a lot. Farrington Huguenin had a sack. Keon Adams is going to be around. I think every single outside linebacker that is currently on the roster, Ola, Farrington, Keon, and the rest of them, and the rest, I think that they will all be at least on the practice squad. For me... I'd like to see Ola stick around. He's different body type than the Farrington Hugan into the world. Now, Farrington Hugan looks like Bud Dupree, and maybe they just want consistency. But I like all those guys. I think that they've all performed. I think they're all going to be hanging around. For me, it would be TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, Anthony Chicolo, Ola. And then I guess the other two I'd put on the practice squad. Matthew Thomas is going to make this football team. Spoiler alert, what's that mean for Matikiewicz? I think he's in trouble. Now, that's not to say Matikiewicz ain't making the roster. He's making the roster. We'll talk to Chris Adamski about some of this, and we'll get some of his impressions coming up in 10 minutes on the Crowley Show. But Matthew Thomas played early in this game, the seminal package. He played early when the Steelers did a pseudo 4-3. You had Bud Dupree with his hand in the ground. You had... Two inside linebackers on the outside looking like 4-3 linebackers. And you had Matthew Thomas in the middle. So if those three are getting on the field like that, and LJ Fort then got in the game before Tyler Matikiewicz, I think that tells you that he is in trouble. They only gave him the shot at the starting position as a courtesy, I think. But he was the starter. If you look at minicamp and OTAs and the start of training camp, and all of a sudden he's gotten jumped by everybody and their mother. Everybody and their mother jumped Tyler Matikiewicz. He's going to be on the roster. He's going to play special teams, but I don't think he's ever going to see the field on defense. LJ Fort's a better player than Matikiewicz, but he didn't get a crack before Sean Spence last year, so that's probably not a good sign at all. As for the running back situation, Jalen Samuels now looks like he's definitely making the roster, if there was any confusion about that before. Jalen Samuels was given running back reps. He was 11 for 41 running the ball, 4 for 36 catching. What I liked was... He's a quote-unquote weapon, and I thought that he was going to be utilized as a weapon. I thought that's what he would do. They'd move him out in the slot. They'd attach him to the line. They'd have him running a bunch of routes. They'd have him coming out of the backfield to catch the football. They'd hand it to him sometimes. But I thought Jalen Samuels was destined to be that Swiss Army knife kind of guy, and he still very well might be. What I liked is that the Steelers, by handing him the ball as much as they did, I think show that they believe he can do the other stuff and want to see him run the ball. For me, it's James Conner, numero uno. It's Jalen Samuels is the two. And, well, Le'Veon Bell will be the one. Conner will be the two. Jalen Samuels will be the three. And after that, who are you keeping? I'm not keeping anybody. Rosie Nix, save a roster spot. Let's roll. Roll with that crew. I saw a report today. From Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, that I thought was hogwash, but I understand what went down. Mike Florio reported that the Steelers are considering, here this, this is a joke, Steelers are considering pulling back the 
franchise tag from Le'Veon Bell because they're so enamored with James Conner. That's never going to freaking happen. It doesn't benefit the Steelers at this juncture to yank that tag away. If they do, they'll save $14.5 million. Great. But they won't have the ability to spend it on anyone. Why? Because free agency's over. All the good players got gobbled up. So you'd be saving $14.5 million just to save $14.5 million. You know who does that? The Pirates. And the Steelers ain't the Pirates. Here's what happened, though. I guarantee well you this is what happened. The Steelers floated that to Florio to get Le'Veon a little bit nervous, to put the flame to the feet. Preseason's over. He wouldn't play in preseason game number four anyhow. Le'Veon, come back a little bit earlier so that we don't have to deal with the same problems that we dealt with last year. 17 carries for 60 yards per game his first three games of the season. So far off what we're used to seeing from Le'Veon Bell. I have to think the Steelers think it's because he was rusty, and I have to think the Steelers floated this to Florio to try to put the flame to the feet of Le'Veon to get him back here. Because it doesn't make sense any other way. When reports like this come out, you always have to look at who benefits from the information being out there, and then you also have to look at whether or not it makes sense. Florio reporting it makes sense for him because he wants to continue to be able to report things when sources come forward to him. But he had to know that there's no basis in fact there. He was used. Used, I tell you. But it's just the Steelers trying to get left back soon. I actually do think we'll see James Conner a little bit more, though. If the Steelers do believe in James that much, I think we'll see him a little bit more this year in the first couple of games than we did last year in the first couple. We discussed that and more regarding the Steelers with Chris Adamski coming up next. He'll give us some of his impressions as well. Chris Adamski of the Tribune Review going to join us next on the Crowley Show. That impression gets worse every time I do it. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. The Adam Crowley Show. Crazy animal, those ducks, Adam. They always try to swim and look calm underneath, but on the surface, they're just... Back to you. Adam Crowley. The Crowl Man. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Every single Monday, because Mondays suck, at the end of our segments... Once an hour, we will tell you things that piss us off. I'll give you a little hint as to what mine is. According to the bear from college game day, teams that play 10 plus power five games in 2018, the big 12s got nine, pack 12s got 10. Big Ten's got 12, the ACC's got 5, and the SEC's got a whopping zero. The SEC is overrated. And don't give me that they win the national championship. No, they don't. Alabama does. Alabama's a great team. The rest of the SEC, eh, just okay. Auburn was good last year. Georgia was good last year. Before that, though, Georgia was so great that they fired their coach. Before that, though, Auburn was so great they talked constantly about firing their coach. The SEC's the best conference. They don't play anybody except each other, but they're only playing, what, eight conference games? Nine conference games? 
eight conference game. That is ass. That's not having a level schedule with the other teams across college football. And they always seem to get the benefit of the doubt. They always get it. Alabama's always going to get the benefit of the doubt. I didn't think that their resume was deserving last year of getting into the playoff, and they won the whole thing. Sure, they're good. They're great. But they did not have the schedule and the victories conducive for me to put a team in the playoff. Drives me up a flipping wall. Up a flipping wall. They played Mercer the second to the last week of the season last year. Alabama. Mercer. Alabama, the national champion, played Mercer. That's an extra buy. And I get it because they get away with it. But it's about damn time that college football, the NCAA, gets involved and says, we have to see you guys play 10 Power 5 games. Now, in the defense of the SEC, every team in the Big 12 has to play Kansas. Kansas is not a Division 1 team. They're not an FBS team. They are an FCS team. So, that would bring the Big 12 back significantly. But, Think about what Oklahoma's doing this year. They're playing UCLA. Think about what Oklahoma State is doing this year. They're playing good teams. TCU's playing Ohio State. I think if you're going to name champions, if you're going to name playoff teams that then determine the champion, at least make the schedule somewhat even. Somewhat even. Because if not, it's just a bunch of objective criteria, and you're never going to get what should actually be the playoff. It drives me nuts. It's a mythical playoff. It's ESPN's creation, a mythical playoff. We'll get to that throughout the college football season. Ad nauseum, I'm sure. I've got something for some fans coming up at the end of the segment whenever I am pissed. Chris Adamski from the Trib joins us now on the Crowley Show. Adamski, what's up, mate? Oh, man, it's Piss Off Monday. I forgot. I, I, like, I like being on Piss Off Monday. It is I, Pissed I, Off Monday. Actually, I'm kind of pissed off. I forget, keep forgetting it's pissed off Monday, so I don't come armed with the, the myriad of things that I'm pissed off about. Well, over the course of the interview, you think, okay, and you come forward with something that pisses you off. That sound good? Works, works for me, yeah. Okay. For the Steelers, they won on Saturday. Woohoo! Big time win. Third preseason game. It's dress rehearsal. I don't care about that. What I care about is Stefan Tuitt looking like a monster again. He's alongside his dude, Cam Hayward. He looks like a monster. I don't think that there's any one player on the Steelers' defense that makes as big of a difference as he does in terms of players who we need to see more from. Agree or no? Yeah, you know, you could make the case, especially now that Ryan Tazir is not playing, that uh, I don't want to say pure talent. I don't know how to really term it, but he might have the highest feeling of, of any Steelers player, is that fair to say? I think it is. Um, and we haven't really seen him, or him and Cam Hayward healthy at the same time over a, a full season now for a long time. Uh, going back, you know, when two, it wasn't quite two yet, when he still might have been a rookie or, you know. Uh, so uh, we'll see. Uh, that's, that's a big part of the equation, and it has been with his career so far, is he's missed chunks of time. Um, but, if, you know, the Steelers get both of them uh, at 100% playing together, uh, you know, that, that's some disruption there. And, and that can cover up a lot of wars if you're worried about the inside linebackers, you're worried about the secondary or whatever. If you get those two playing, uh, you know, get a pass rush out of those two and, and, and everything else they do, yeah, that could be maybe some of the best news the Steelers defense could get. 
Marge Simpson up next on the Crowley Show. Marge, what's up? Give it to me, Marge. Homer, I couldn't help but overhear you warping, Bart. That's a lot better than the previous. That was Paul. Okay, very good. Uh, back with Chris Adamski here from the Trib on the Crowley Show. Uh, Adamski, do you do any impressions? I have no idea what just happened there. <laughs> uh, not, not, of a, not of any I want to do publicly on a radio program for the airwaves here. I wish I was better at some I you know, even my Pittsburgh ease isn't as good as some people. I want to hear um, your Pittsburgh ease. Do it. Bring it up. Uh, do it. You brought it up. I don't know if I can do it. I, I mean, I'm on the south side here, so maybe I can. I, I don't know. I, I got to be in the right mindset, you know? I, I don't know if I can pull it off. How can you not be in the right mindset to give a Pittsburgh ease accent when you're on the south side? Going down. I, I, oh, boy. Down. Oh, I, boy. See, I can't, I don't know, I'm not there. Uh, if you do this to me, you put me, this, this is why I pissed off on Mondays, because you put me on the spot and try to get me to do impressions, but I'm not able to do them. And now, see, I just made a fool of myself on a, a widely listened to radio station and radio show. And see, now, now I just look like a fool who can't do a Pittsburgh East accent, even though I grew up in Pittsburgh and live in Pittsburgh. Do you want me to do my Chris Adamski impression? <laughs> Please do, yes. Hi, this is the voicemail of Chris Adamski. There it was. <laughs> that was it right there. Wow. That's, 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 that's good stuff there. Chris Adamski joining us, of course, here on the Crowley Show. Uh, all right, Adamski, when looking at the Steelers' performance from Saturday, uh, apart from Stefan it, what stood out for you? Well, I, I, you know, I don't want to sit here and overreact. The defense having a good game whenever, uh, you know, the defense had a bad game the week before. And you overreact to that, um, I, I was, but there's a lot of things to like individually uh, on that side of it too. I mean, Terrell Edmonds, that first he should have the interception. I don't know how functional that is on a week-to-week basis or a play-to-play basis, but dear God, did you see how fast he went? He stood up and hit, hit the turbo button. Maybe he should be returning punts uh, on this whole like quest for the Steelers to find more returners. Um, you know, that sort of athleticism. But you saw it in, I guess, it's the two it like you talked about. Um, you know, there, there generally wasn't any something going over their heads. Uh, the off of, of, of the secondary, nothing got, got past them. You know, that's something that seems to be a perpetual fear uh, of the end of last season and this, this preseason with the Steelers is, is you know the big play. And you know, you're facing Tennessee, you're facing a Parker Perryota, you're facing a lot of his backups. Uh, you know, dear Lord, playing uh, Gabbert. You're going to talk about a uh, like Mister like. Bad NFL quarterback. I think Blaine Gabbert saw the post report for that. But so you know, I, it's still a preseason game, so I, I don't want to get too uh, carried away with the uh, odds. Whatever the week before, they look like you know dog poop on defense. Chris Adamski joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Switzer trade? on this, like, or Mike Tomlin in particular, but on this, like, lifelong quest to find returners. Uh, and, and he's always been willing to give up assets. From the very beginning, when, when Tomlin showed up his first season, they traded uh, a draft pick for Alan Ross, a veteran returner, and Stephen Logan. They've given roster spots to voters and returners. Every year they seem to have an undrafted free agent that they bring up Bud Anderson this year. Uh, you can go through the list every year of a guy who probably isn't going to make the team as, as a, whatever it be, a, you know, Roger Stever or running back or DB, whatever it might be. 
but uh, to make the team as a returner every single year, it ends up that the uh, you know seventy million dollar wide receivers back their returning punts, and you know, they're not getting anything out of the kick return game. Although Juju, of course, Smith Schuster had one last year for a touchdown. So uh, you know, for what they gave up, you might be dropping. If the Steelers are good this year and the Raiders are bad, which is both those things are eminently possible, and you're dropping ten spots or whatever, it's fifteen spots in the late rounds. Who cares what you're giving up? So at that point of view, uh, you get a guy who's going to finally resist the temptation to bring in Antonio Brown to return punts anymore because you can't find anybody else to do it. And uh, and, and maybe you get a, a kickoff return here and there and then get better field position that way, depending on how the whole thing plays out with the new rules. And, uh, you know, why not? He's a fourth-round pick just, uh, just whatever, 16 months ago. So he comes with some pedigree, too. Chris Adamski joining us here on the Crowley Show. I don't. I keep. I keep flirting with trying to get you to do an impression again, but I don't want to hurt your feelings. I, I'm just not very skilled at doing impressions, Adam. I, I would love to do an impression. Uh, I'm not so. good at them either, but I try them. In fact, here's my Bane from Batman. Are you ready for Bane from Batman? Please. Do you want me to ask the next question as Bane from Batman? <laughs> I could do well, that. All right. Well, they don't change as a character from a Batman series. All right. Here we go. Well, T.J. Watt, oh, it's terrible. T.J. Watt and Ray, uh, Ramon Foster, back today at Steelers practice. <laughs> How kind of Bane was that? was bad Bane. That was bad Bane, not good Bane. Oh, That's... I, I don't know that. Very, very uh, Ramon Foster was back. He Ooh. was very happy to be. In the, at, at, that left guard in that, that left guard that you played out there, Ramon Foster, you ever <laughs> seen him play before? He's like, he, he, he's never seen a left guard play like uh, Foster play before. He's out there, he's out there uh, <laughs> walking people. He's 300 pounds and he's wide and he's flying and he, you know, he, he wants to put Manny Brothers after that. that. That was the answer get in a Pittsburgh East accent. Was, was that without too. The Pittsburghese accent was fine. Uh, you didn't answer the question uh, up to the Chris Adamski standard, though. I mean, uh, is Ramon Foster going to start Week One, and is T.J. Watt okay. going to play Week One? What do you think? I could because I just threw your Bane don't, accent. Chris, 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 don't do not blame yourself. <laughs> it is <laughs> it is not your fault. Um. Foster claimed that he would play this weekend if it was a regular season game. Mm. Uh, he still wants to see how he, but at least stands the reason if they did play the regular season this week, he would have practiced at the end of last week. So we can see how things respond tomorrow to see if he practices again tomorrow. But he, he said if I had to play this weekend, uh, we'd be ramping up to play this weekend. Luckily, he didn't have to. So Foster, by all indications, and he said it's not even really a setback situation, that it's just a matter of getting over the hurdle of you know trusting it. It seems like he's, he's going to play, barring something totally unforeseen. What, is, as well, from my understanding, is he's back, and, you know, again, uh, his injury's a little more where it could flare back up. We could have a re-aggravation a lot easier, so. But he's on track to play, too, as well. Against Stem Brown up there in Cleveland. Adamski, apart from me putting you on the spot all the time, is there anything that's pissing you off on this Monday afternoon? You know what, I, man, see, well, I think I must have been last week I was on Monday. I got off the phone. I was like, damn it, why didn't I say that? As soon as we hang up here, I'm going to I call you back in like 10 minutes. Yes. And like complain. All right, if I think of what it was, it, because I, you know, there's a lot of things that piss me off in life, and there really are. So I could just give you a random crap. I almost said a bad word there, which really would piss a bunch of people off. It's random something that, uh, so, uh, but I, I, you know, I, I want to take this seriously, and I, I want to, you know, remind me next time it's a Monday and say, I want to have something good, something that makes people think 
about being pissed off. All right, Chris. From from here on out, the rest of Steelers season, you've signed up for pissed off Mondays. You cannot take this back. You have to come on every Monday at five twenty for all of Steelers season. Okay. <laughs> I know what he's going to call back and be pissed off about in ten minutes. Appreciate the time, man. Thank you. Have a good one. I'll have a good one when you call with your pissed off thing. You know what's really pissing me off? SEC fans. Tennessee went four and eight last year, and they think they're going to bring the funk to my Mountaineers just because they're an almighty SEC team. I'll call it like I see it. The SEC is overrated, being lifted up by an Alabama team that's historically good every year. Screw your polo shirts, your hair gel coming out of your visors, and your subtle racism and bigotry. Screw your Confederate flag waving MAGA hat wearing asses. Because on Saturday it becomes clear Charlotte is Big 12 country, bitches. pisses me off people getting mad at me when i say a baby's ugly you know what you can have ugly babies they're not all cute i'm sorry some of them look like little mini yodas with little hairs coming out of their head little awkward ears the little oblong eggplant head babies can be ugly and you know what your baby probably is ugly i hate your baby in fact tell your baby to call me when it grows up and looks like a real damn human because right now it just looks like a little blob of chair what's really pissing me off guys is single ply toilet paper this one goes out to all you college kids moving back to camp this week and have to deal with this personal hell it should be illegal to continue to allow production on anything under two ply and fellas to quote the great daniel day lewis there will be blood. Nothing wreaks havoc on your bowels like on-campus cafeteria food. And if I could go back and do it again, I would have 100% followed the bring-your-own-toilet-paper policy. Because it's like wiping with twigs. Not leaves, literal sticks and twigs. So I'm pissed off for my fellow man and the buttholes that are going to be the skin. I'm not going to give away the television show that I was watching the other day. But there was a baby on the show, Brian. Yeah. That was so funky looking. <laughs> and I felt like a terrible person for thinking it, but the baby was fugly. Babies can be ugly, dude. I mean, what am I supposed to say? My wife thinks that I wasn't a cute baby. She's worried about our child. You gotta see the baby. Your baby's ugly. <laughs> I don't want to see your ugly kid. Except it'll make me feel better about my family's children. That's why they make the covers on the bassinet to hide that ugly thing. Baby's got to sit in the backseat of the car with the carriage turned around. And a bag over its head. Uh, no, no, uh, bad breathe, advice. Breathable bag. Breathable, breathable bag. bag. Breathable Not bag. Like plastic no, bag. Just, yeah. Breathable bag. Oh, geez, breathable Brian. bag. Sorry. It's unbelievable. Up next, the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Also, I'm a survivor. I'll explain why. It's a Crowley show. The Adam Crowley Show. What happened to Coach? I don't know how many times I'm allowed to say cooch before I get in trouble, so you're fine. I'm good? Yeah, it's K-U-C-H. Yeah, nothing wrong with cooch. No! Adam Crowley. Cooch be good. I love cooch, in fact. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Am I on top? Yeah, you're on. You turn the microphone on? Yeah, you're live. The thing that I said right before I came on the air, that was not on, right? I, I don't think so. Okay. Nope. I didn't ask the question appropriately either. The thing I said before I came on the air, was I on the air? 
Oh, enough. Enough talking! What time is it? And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Woo! If Pitt football goes to the ACC championship, Narduzzi's the flipping man. Woo! If they don't, he's a jackass. When surrounded by a group of Pitt fans, he said, next time I'll see you, we'll be in Charlotte for the ACC championship because we'll be there. I like swagger. I like confidence. If it helps the team, I like that too. He's got the pulse of his players to consider, and it's something he did a bunch at Michigan State. That being said, if you fall flat on your face this year, if you wind up going seven and five, if you wind up going five and seven, six and six, even eight and four, and you're not in that ACC championship game, what do you think, Pitt fans? Don't you think if you're a Pitt player, you're a little bit irritated that the coach proclaimed that you'll be there? I get having confidence. Kenny Pickett says, oh, we're winning 10 games. It's one thing if it comes from a player. I like that. If it comes from a coach, you better sure as hell back it up. Because if you don't, you just wind up looking like Rex Ryan. I hate guarantees that don't get followed through. When I said I was going to pierce my belly button... If I didn't have a six-pack, I pierced my belly button. Whenever I didn't win my fantasy football league, I got waxed because we follow through up here. Up in here, we do what we say we're going to do. Narduzzi's pit team, you better get to that ACC championship because if not, it is egg all up over face. I've got a bone to pick with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. There was a story written about the Pitt, Penn State, and West Virginia quarterbacks and how each team is confident with their man under center. Can we not do that? Can we not put Kenny Pickett in the same conversation as Trace McSorley, who's gone like 25-4 and four as a starter, and with Will Greer, who's a Heisman candidate this year? Kenny Pickett is a kid who didn't go to a bigger school than Pitt. He went to Pitt. Trace McSorley goes to Penn State, big school. Will Greer goes to Florida, transfers to West Virginia. He wants to win a Big 12 championship, and he's got a pretty darn good chance of doing that. You're going to tell me Kenny Pickett's in the same class as those guys? Maybe, but i got to see it. i got to see it. And I'm going to guess that he's not that guy. He might be good. He might be the best quarterback Pitts had in a while. That doesn't make him Trace McSorley, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. It doesn't make him Will Greer, who had some of the best numbers last year before he got hurt and is one of the top five Heisman finalists this year. On now to the National Football League, where I've got to take friends. Jacksonville's going to take a step back as an AFC Super Bowl contender this year. Marquise Lee out for the season. Who the hell is going to get the football thrown their way by Blake Bortles, aside from the other team? That's a big question. They've got Leonard Fournette. They've got the good running game. But how effective can the running game be if they don't have any threat of stretching the field, if they don't have any threat of throwing the football? I look at Jacksonville this year the way I looked at Baltimore last year. Good defense, not a lot on the offensive side. I think they're taking a big step back. I wouldn't be surprised if they're a 7-9 football team in 2018. One of the other things with Jacksonville, they played one of the easiest schedules in the league last year, and this year, they're playing a first-place schedule. Much harder, much more difficult to compete when you can't throw the ball to anyone and when your schedule is 
that much harder. The defense also didn't lose anybody due to injury last year, and that just doesn't happen. We already talked about Stefan Tuitt a bunch in this show. He was hurt last year. Cam Hayward and Stefan Tuitt have rarely, if ever, been healthy together. Uh, you lost Bud Dupree two years ago for the first half of the season. T.J. Watt has been hurt for the Steelers already this year. Last year, we saw Joe Hayden get hurt. Mike Mitchell played all season. Hurt. Teams get hurt. Defenses get hurt. You don't go a full season without players getting hurt and expect the same thing to happen the next year. It's not happening with Jacksonville. Jacksonville taking a big ol' big ol' big ol' step backwards in 2018. Tom Brady cut an interview short when pressed about his boy Guerrero. I'm telling you what, the dynasty in New England's coming to a close. Their roster this year not as good as it was last year. Their weapons on offense aren't as good. The defense doesn't scare you. If they had Chandler Jones, it might, but they don't. So it doesn't. The Patriots will be good. They'll win the division. They'll probably get a top two seed in the AFC. They always do. But they're vulnerable this year, and Tom Brady's temperament is a telltale sign. In the offseason, he was asked if he felt appreciated by Bill Belichick and by Robert Kraft, and he said, I plead the fifth. Now he's hanging up with WEEI, although they're a bunch of jackasses, because they're asking him about Guerrero. Trouble in paradise? Not a great football team? He knows it's going to be hard this year? I think so. Carson Wentz still not cleared for contact for the Philadelphia Eagles, and Nick Foles has looked <laughs> awful. Awful. If Foles has to start the season... It's fine. They just won the Super Bowl with him. They'll be okay. But I think this tells you what the Philadelphia Eagles think of Carson Wentz. You don't want to rush him back too soon because they won the Super Bowl last year, and this year doesn't necessarily need to be the target to win the next one. You'd like to win. You want to win every year. But they look at what they have the same way New England looked at what they had with Belichick and Brady. They think Carson Wentz is the next best quarterback in the league. They think Doug Peterson's the next best coach in the league. They think their roster's absolutely flipping stacked, and it is. And it'll be that way for a couple of years. So they want to wait and see if Carson Wentz can take contact. And when he can, they'll make sure that he's okay. They're worried about the future in addition to this year. I think they're doing it the right way. OBJ's become the highest paid wide receiver in football. I get it. It makes sense. He's the next guy up, and he is one of the best receivers in football. But don't let that trick you. Don't let that make you forget who the number one receiver in football is. It's Ryan Switzer. That's why the Steelers gave him a fifth-round pick for him today. He is the white lightning. I'm kidding. It's obviously Antonio Brown. In terms of volume, in terms of touchdowns, in terms of explosiveness, I'm taking A.B. every single day over Odell Beckham Jr. And for all the things you might want to say about both players off the field, Antonio Brown's never been pictured with a stripper or a model who is doing cocaine off a pizza box, allegedly. A.B. gets in trouble for doing stupid things, but A.B. always works his ass off on the field. Antonio Brown also didn't go to Miami the week of a playoff game. I think those controversies are stupid, but I'd rather have the guy who's more productive who's also not doing the stupid thing. There was a big drop in helmet flags in week number three. Is it because the players are better in week three? Is it because there's more starters and those guys know how to control their bodies a little bit more? I don't know. That's kind of a reach, right? I think it's because the clarification came 
via a conference call on Wednesday of last week. And when the game started up on Thursday, they said, we're only going to call the obvious and egregious ones, and there weren't many obvious and egregious ones. That was the great unsponsored football segment. Phil with Nodge and brought to you by To Be Determined. Woo! I'm a survivor. Today, for lunch, I dipped a bunch of club crackers in peanut butter because I'm five years old. To wash said peanut butter crackers down, I drank 12 ounces of milk. The sell-by date was August 23rd. It is August 27th. I thought I'd be fine. I sniffed it. It smelled okay. I drank it, and it tasted like cheese. But not until the end. Not until the aftertaste. Not until the last gulps were going down my gullet. And the question I pose to you, Tom, Brian, audience, snowflakes, everybody, is... Has the window passed where I'm going to get sick, or is this something I need to look forward to in the evening time? No, it, it's more of an instantaneous sickness when it comes to that. You so think so? I, I think you're good. Yeah, I'm I going think... the other way. No. I, I don't think, scientifically speaking, that mold takes time to grow. And you you drank basically what was about to be mold. So, like, that could be just, like, you know, grind it up in your... I, I Here's what I'm calling. 2 a.m. tonight, or... Next tomorrow morning, whatever it is tonight, two a.m. in the morning, you wake up with eyes wide open, You're like what the hell is with going the eyes on? wide open? Yeah. And then this time you're defecating Creep. outside the window, but not because you're drunk, but because you can't make it to the bathroom. No, you're so wrong with that. It would have happened instantly. He would have crapped his pants like ten seconds after. Here's he why I think Brian's delayed, right. There's delayed reactions. You ever you ever had raw meat? And gotten sick. Have you ever had food poisoning? It doesn't hit you right away. No, it takes some time. It sits Comes there. back around. It's milk, though. It's different. I'm seeing into my future, and I am not happy with where the future is going to be. Was this chunky milk? It wasn't chunky, but I would say more viscous than I was comfortable with. <laughs> oh, no. Yep. 2 a.m., buddy. Now I'm getting nauseous you thinking can about ta- it. You can text me at 2 a.m. if like you're up and you can't go to sleep and you like can't. Move yourself from where you're going to have to be, probably. For a I hours. will do show prep at two in the morning, and then I will go back to bed. I mean, side note, I don't. I know tangents are bad for radio, but that's where some of the best show prep comes. Am I wrong? Whenever I'm kneeling by the porcelain god, or at least sitting on it, you know. Oh, I hope it would come out the bottom, not the top. The bottom's always a preferable choice, though. without a doubt. You ever been so sick it's coming out both? Yes. Oh, yeah. Put the trash yeah. can in front of you I while you're sitting co- on the toilet. I went to college. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what that's like. You've got the natty splatties. <laughs> All the natty on both ends. Yep. Tom, we had a caller. You looked like it was pressing, important. Yeah, it's the, it's a resident coward who listens to our show that calls in and says, God, is he immature? And then he hangs up before I get him a chance to put him on the air. Oh, it's that same guy. Yeah, same guy. He's a coward. He won't come on the air. The guy who always calls in and tells us we're immature and continues to keep listening to every single show. I don't know how it's immature to wonder whether or not I'm going to have bubble gut after drinking day-old milk. It's insensitive of him, honestly. You you might be sick. You're trying to come to us for help and the snowflakes for help, and he's just laughing in your face. I, there's no time for that. This is learning. These are experiences yes. that all of us share, and we're yes. just trying to talk it out, you know, because that's what we are. We're community radio. We're local. We're ESPN Pittsburgh. We care about Pittsburghers. You might have drank bad milk, and we might be able to help because we've been through it. I would say there's a 2% chance of survival. No, chances look skim. Nah. I got a whole Which lot. hole is it coming out of? I should have let Brian come in for that one. We could have done the trifecta. Damn it, Crowley! You know what? You, you took it away from me. You're a big D. An utter disappointment, Crowley. 
Something about pasteurization. Coming up next. Almond milk. Coconuts. Why I think the Steelers' offense might come slow out of the gate again this year. It's a Crowley show.